Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Hey, what's up? It's Devin, and I want to ask you for your help in making the Bay what it needs to be. There's a link in today's episode notes that's going to take you to a survey which asks you about who you are, how you listen to the show, and what you like hearing. If you could take that for us, we'd be so appreciative. Thank you. Remember getting into an Uber or Lyft when they first started showing up on the streets, and you're thinking, how does this even work? Drivers making any money off this? How's my fare so cheap? Well, it turns out after all these years, we're still fighting over these questions. I'm an Uber driver. Drivers like myself are getting hurt. And I choose to have the freedom to work. How on earth can workers properly defend themselves? Tech leaders and unions have been working on a deal to figure out where gig workers stand in California. And the workers actually have a little bit of leverage since a court decision made it harder for gig companies like Uber to say they're not employees. So why are some drivers saying they don't trust what's being worked out? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Uber set the precedent. Sam Harnett covers tech culture for KQED. I mean, they are the ones who came up with the platform or marketplace argument. It's, it's a very simple platform. And then all the successive gig companies have copied that model. They've been very successful to get local regulators to accept their argument that the workers are contractors. Uber, from the beginning, has been saying, we're not a taxi company. We don't provide drivers. We don't own the cars, nor do we employ drivers. We are a tech company. We create a platform or a marketplace that connects riders to drivers. We have three million driver partners around the world. Uh, and there are some that are disgruntled. All of them, I think, want to make more money. But fundamentally, they get to be their own bosses and they get to work on their own terms. So that's been their main argument, and it's been pretty successful. They've also spent millions of dollars lobbying. So in 41 states, they've preemptively gotten laws passed on the books uh, to either say outright that their workers are contractors or at least uh, give them a leg up. Last year, the state Supreme Court made this really significant ruling. Yep. What was that ruling and what did it change? Yeah, so Dynamex. This year, the California Supreme Court ruled workers who had been independent contractors were instead actual employees of a delivery service company called Dynamex. Dynamex was a trucking company, and it said all of its truckers were independent contractors. The truckers fought that and say, hey, we're not independent contractors. We're doing your business, and we should be employees. I've heard labor advocates say that the Dynamex Court's Supreme Court decision in California has been the biggest victory for labor in 40 or 50 years. And essentially, uh, that case said, if a worker is core to your main business, 
then there's a real high chance that that, he, that, that person's an employee. So suddenly that, uh, that marketplace or platform argument that Uber was making and other gig companies were making became a much harder sell. It holds them to the fire in terms of making sure that their workers are paid minimum wage and overtime, which is the very least that, that, that low-wage workers in, um, in the state of California deserve. So basically, Dynamics made it a lot harder for Uber and other gig companies to argue that their workers were contractors. And the minute that court case went through, you saw Uber and the rest of the gig companies start to freak out. A decision in this case involving Dynamex in April has triggered intense lobbying in Sacramento. They started working with the California Chamber of Commerce on this I'm Independent campaign, which is a bunch of testimonials uh, from, from workers saying that they love contracting. Hi, my name is Chris. I'm an independent. I do independent I'm work. I'm an Uber driver. And I choose to have the freedom to work when I want to work. The opportunity to pick my daughters up, drop them off from school. I support my family. I wanted to continue to contribute to our family. To set my own schedule. I'm asking Sacramento to protect our freedom to work independently. It's very clear that there are two sides to this, the employers and then the workers for these companies. Who is working on trying to figure out a solution to move past this? Because we've been hearing about gig workers even talking about unionizing, for example. So what's happening in California right now? Well, Gavin Newsom just became governor, right? It's time to roll the credits on the politics of chaos and the politics of cruelty. Now it's time for going far and going together. Gavin Newsom got elected with both tech and labor supporting him. So right now there's a backroom deal going between the three of them, between Gavin Newsom's office, labor organizations, and between Uber to try to find some way to hash this out. In an article published this week, Bloomberg reported that the Teamsters and Service Employees International Union have been part of these negotiations in California. They haven't said much, and Uber has not given any details about these talks. Some inside sources have said um, that Uber and the gig companies are offering things like a uh, driver's guild or organization for, for drivers that wouldn't be a union. It wouldn't be able to collectively bargain for higher wages, but it would be a, a kind of a group for drivers so that they could negotiate with Uber. It's also suggested portable benefits, which is like if you're a gig worker for Postmates and then you go to Uber, you can have uh, benefits that follow you from place to place. Are the drivers or, or the gig workers happy with the way that these unions are advocating for them on their behalf? Not entirely. I think that's where this gets, the story gets really tricky. I spoke with two drivers who are organizing separate uh, from some of the labor organizations, and they're saying, hey, our voices aren't really being heard in Sacramento. Uh, you know, there's these labor organizations that are advocating on our behalf, but they're up in Sacramento with the lawmakers, with Uber, with lobbyists, again, behind closed doors, and the everyday Uber driver really isn't getting to say. They're a huge company with all the technology and uh, we are unorganized or disorganized uh, at the moment anyway. Since drivers are not employees, they can't organize like a regular union. So some labor advocates are really worried that a few local labor organizations, local unions who are desperate for membership and they want to get union dues from gig workers will, will make the negotiation and so, I've, again, I've heard labor organizers at higher levels say they're worried about this because labor unions, remember, have been severely weakened, their membership's down, and a lot of them are kind of desperate for money. So that's the big fear. I talked to one driver down in L.A. He doesn't want to use his full name because uh, Uber can just deactivate any driver at will, right? So he didn't want to go on record with his full name, so he's going by George. 
from what I've seen in drivers talking to one another on Facebook pages, some of them are drinking the Kool-Aid. It's a, you know, not a good expression to use, but some of them are, um, they consider themselves to be hardworking and think that it's up to them to make the most of what Uber and Lyft are, are offering. George is actually actively organizing, and he's part of this new organization down in L.A., and they are actually organizing around this whole issue of what's happening in Sacramento. He said, as drivers, I feel like we need to bind together. They keep us at arm's length. We're only allowed to deal with the people that they have on the bottom level doing driver support. Um, you, can't get a, you can't reach anybody who's a decision maker or policy maker within the company. I feel like this new technology is being defined on the fly. Like we're continually uh, trying to understand what it means in the context of work environments that we exist in. And as such, we are either having to reinvent or rethink how the laws fit into this new definition for this technology. I actually don't think these things are actually that new. But the gig companies want us to think, hey, this is a totally new arrangement of working. When really, like, if you look at uh, what these gig companies are doing, it's actually not that different from how the economy has worked for a long time. This is someone uh, doing temp work, doing part-time work, doing a gig, uh, which has been happening in the economy for decades. So could the way these, these gig companies are going about um, changing how they operate, could that have bigger consequences outside the gig economy? Absolutely. You have now uh, economists and pundits and lawmakers talking about things like adding a whole new category of worker to the labor force. So it, it's had a big impact on how the way that we think about work and labor. You're seeing the gig, uh, these gig industries pushing labor law changing regulations, changing the way that we think about work. And that could then be uh, utilized by bigger corporations. Sam Harnett covers tech culture for KQED. Sam says we don't know when any kind of agreement will be reached between gig companies and gig workers in California. We do know that Uber's not wanted to comment on anything that's going on in California. This includes any conversations that are happening with unions or drivers groups. Thanks to KQED politics reporter Katie Orr for helping report this story. You can find her and Sam's work online at kqed.org. The Bay is produced by the quite amazing Erica Aguilar and our wonderful editor, Vinnie Tong. Our theme music is by the talented Daoud Anthony. Our team includes Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Katayama. We're going to be off on Monday and back at it on Wednesday. Talk to you next time. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts.